0: Good morning, Lighthouse. Good morning. Same question. Are you ready for the Word of God this morning? We, uh, we know, and I think we all understand, that we are sinners. That, that doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out, does it? We understand that we inherited our sin nature from Adam Like it says in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, it says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Now, I'm aware that some of you probably wonder why we preach what we do here at Lighthouse. Uh, We strive diligently to preach what the Lord gives us to preach every time that we step beside and behind this sacred desk here, and I have noticed that no matter what the subject matter from the Word of God or where it takes us, it always seems to come back to the same major theme. It really does. Whether the subject is prayer, which it was two, three weeks ago, or prophecy, which it was a little bit before that, or practical living, the issue that affects our lives the most is salvation and our incredible need for salvation. I realize that you probably think I'm talking about something that's going to happen way out there in the future somewhere. Uh, you know, the uh, the issue of what happens after you die, is it really important? It's uh, probably more important than most anything else because you could die anytime, or Jesus could come back at any moment. We know that to be true. Certainly, all that is true, but there's something that's much more contemporary, much more current that you should know. We'll be talking more about that today. While I was studying this week, And I'm I'm really not, I don't listen to a lot of music every day like many and most of you, I suppose. But I kept thinking of the lyrics of an old 1960s rock song, obviously written under the influence of drugs, as were many, if not most, of the 60s rock songs that were written. This song has been re-recorded by numerous artists over the last 50 years. It was introduced in 1967, by a fellow by the name of Jerry Lee Lewis. Here's what the lyrics say, and this this just kept swimming around in my head. It said, I jumped up this morning with the sundown shining in. Found my broken mind in a brown paper bag, but then I tripped on a cloud, I fell eight miles high. I tore my mind on a jagged sky. Yeah, that was drugs, all right. And then the chorus says, I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Now, I don't know why you dropped in this morning, but you may well find out what condition your condition is in today. That's the title of the message is your condition. It says, I pushed my soul in a deep, dark hole. I followed it in. When I met myself crawling out as I was crawling in, I got up so tight I couldn't unwind. I saw so much it broke my mind. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. See, hell is one of the many reasons you need to get saved. But it's not the only one. Most of you have learned what sin has done to our spirit. (laughs) You might see today, if you really pay attention, you might see what condition your condition is in. You see, sin has destroyed your spirit. God tells us in no uncertain terms this the spiritual condition of man in his natural state. He is described all through scripture. Uh, first one I'll mention today is the the scripture says that he is dead in sins. Ephesians 2 verse 1 and verse 5, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Verse 5 says, Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace you are saved. He's also unrighteous. Second Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, it says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Romans 3 and 10 says, Is it as it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. He is also, like we read in Bible class this morning, condemned. John three eighteen says that he that believeth not is condemned already. Not waiting to find out late, already condemned, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. My pages are sticking together. The Bible says man in his natural state is also without strength. He's weak. Romans 5 and 6 says, for when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. It says that he is, in Ephesians, ignorant and blind. 4.18, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. And Jesus said in Matthew twelve thirty four that he's just evil. O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. Luke nineteen ten, Jesus told us that he's lost. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. This list is a lot longer, but I think you get the picture. Do you not? This is man in his natural state. Our spirit being dead in sins does not mean that our spirit no longer exists or functions. Our spirit being dead in sins is not like our understanding of a body being dead, as it is lifeless and inanimate. You see, what sin does to our spirit is to render us corrupted and thus leaving our minds and hearts unable uh, to rightly influence our flesh. Instead, the lusts of the flesh become the driving influence upon our minds and hearts with no inner spiritual influence to countermand that influence from the flesh. We read the description of this state in Ephesians chapter 2, in verses 2 and 3. Listen, wherein in time past, now he's talking to save people here, talking about what they used to be. He said, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. What then actually happens when we get saved? You know, there's a lot of people running around lost today because they're afraid of what's going to happen if they get saved. Well, I just, you know, I don't know if I could be that or not. If I could do that or not. They're scared. A whole lot of things occur when we become saved or spiritually born again, as Jesus described it. One is we get to go to heaven when we die. That's the big benefit that everybody thinks that they can put off forever. But you can't. But there's so much more. Jesus brings us to God, who is now our Father. That's what happens when we get saved. We now have access to the presence, the literal, genuine presence of God. Now, even if you're here and you're not saved today, you're going to experience the presence of God. It's going to happen. When I talk about what Jesus did for us, when I talk about his death and burial and resurrection... God's Spirit is going to become very evident to you that it's here. But when we get saved, God now hears us when we pray and promises to act upon what we ask. Without your salvation, you have no access to God in prayer at all. We're no longer any danger. There's any danger of going to hell when we're saved. It's out of the picture. We become the actual, literal children of God, both spiritually and it's forever. It's never going to change. That, that's reason enough for somebody to get saved. We experience a new peace in our lives that could not be experienced before. There are so many benefits and changes for the better that come with being saved. We could, at least I could never list them all. So when do these changes take place? Well, many of them are instant, immediate. The peace, the peace of God that passes understanding, that comes the very instant that we put our trust in Jesus to save us from our sins. Some are immediate, but some are ongoing. Preachers, they're often very confusing when they try to tell people how to be saved. I ought to get an amen on that because you t- many of you were totally confused for a long, long time about how to be saved. All of that would leave you confused, except it's not hopeless because of one thing, and that is that the Bible is very clear on how to be saved. If you should remain unsaved, if it should be you, You need to realize that there is a second death that awaits after the first one. I'm going to read it to you. We uh, read a few things. I read to you some excerpts about what Hades is going to be like last week. But here from Revelation 20, John, when he was taken up in the Spirit and moved ahead in time and told by Jesus to write what he saw, here's what he said. He said, and I saw the dead... Small and great stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. He's talking about these 66 books you call your Bible. I can prove that, by the way. It says, The sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man, according to their works how do you feel about that how how does the prospect of Jesus judging you according to your works based on what's written in these 66 books could you look forward to something like that it says in death and hell were cast into the lake of fire this is the second death And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. You see, the future for the unsaved is horrible. Yet what is going on right now in the lives of those who are unsaved is pretty horrible too. When children grow up, I see Megan back there with her new baby aren't they sweet when they're innocent like that when children grow up they learn right from wrong and they do whatever one of us have done they choose the wrong over the right they get old enough to know the difference and then they choose what they do just like you did this is when the evidence of our spiritual condition you know you dropped in to see what condition your condition was in today. This is when the evidence of our spiritual condition first becomes easy to see. What a transition it is when we see the innocence of little babies as they turn into little sinner tornadoes as the effects of their sin nature takes its course. Happens every time. First it's cute And then later on, it becomes annoying. And then about the time they become teenagers, the effects of our sinful nature are just not funny anymore. And it all goes down that same road. Parents and other adults say some pretty harsh things to our kids, usually when they're teenagers. They're not things that really help the situation. They say things like, why can't you look alive? Well, that's because he's dead in sins is the reason for that. Why can't you act right? Well, the reason is because he's not right. He's unrighteous. That's exactly what he is. Why can't you be strong enough to just say no? Well, that would be because he is without strength. There's no strength to do any of those things. Why can't you see where you're headed? That's because she's blind. Why do you never learn? You just never seem to learn. That's caused by ignorance. Why don't you quit lying and getting into trouble? Because he's evil, just like Jesus said. Why being evil? Why don't you even try? There's no use. He's already condemned. No point in trying. Somebody said, "Well, what's why? Why all the weird clothes and the purple hair and that dumb-looking little pigtail? Where's, where's Christopher anyway?" Huh? It's because he's lost. Trying to figure out who he is or who she is. Why is the music so loud? And Why do you stay up so late? And why must you stay distracted with texting and social networking and gaming and drugs and drinking? And dare we add sex to that? Because that's where that problem starts showing up. It's because that when that lost teenager gets all alone and quiet, all he has is his dead, unrighteous, weak, blind, ignorant, evil, guilty, condemned, lost self. That's all he has left. That's why you like the music loud back when you were that way. So what's the solution to this horrible condition? Well, one supposed solution is that you should get some religion. You get them in church. Yeah, just get them in church. Justin will fix them. Yeah, right. So you do that, and instead of going where the world goes, distracting themselves, you now go where people get high on Jesus. Woohoo! Praise Jesus! You know that's that's the cure, right? You go do lots of good, you you visit the nursing home, you rescue you some abandoned kittens, and you walk a little lady or two across the street. You still listen to loud music, but it now it's loud Christian music. Now you're acting better, the parents are off your back, and you may even be doing some good. But when you turn the music off... And you finally get quiet and alone. Here you are right back with your dead, unrighteous, weak, blind, ignorant, evil, guilty, condemned, lost self. The fact is that sin has destroyed you. And no matter how hard you try, there is absolutely nothing you can do about it. Nothing. Can't fix it. And we wonder why the young so often entertain thoughts of suicide. Some of you have been there. You know what that feels like. To effect any lasting change, you must change what you are. and that's something you simply cannot do. It's a hopeless condition to be in. There there's nothing you can do. And unless you want to spend your whole life in this miserable state and then spend eternity in a in a whole lot worse your only answer is Jesus? There is no other answer. So how can, how can Jesus fix this? What can He do about it? Well, let me let me just explain something. You are the reason that we never stop talking about getting saved. Why don't don't they ever talk about something else at Lighthouse? Well, we do. I'll get to that later in a minute. The reason we don't stop talking about getting saved is, first of all, all that sin, your sin, your disobedience to God, it has to be dealt with. There are consequences. Spiritual death was the beginning of it. Then physical death is going to be showing up at some point. And then being discarded into an eternal burning garbage heap that's called hell. That's the future without Jesus. When you get saved, Jesus is going to wipe your account clean forever. The reason he can do that is because he's not just God. He actually came and paid the debt that you couldn't pay. He paid it and he paid it in full. Did it all by himself. That's why he died. He did it for you. He had no sin of his own to deal with. He had no consequences to deal with. He did this for you. The issue that's the most important thing of all is your salvation. But that's just the beginning. You see, Jesus isn't just going to save you from hell he's going to replace that horrible, miserable state in which you live with a life that is truly worth living. I didn't didn't write this into the message today, but we have some examples of what Jesus can do. The guy that was up here before me playing the guitar, talking about the Lord, trying to preach a little bit in between the songs, so, you know, all he could squeeze in. How many years ago was it when you came to Lighthouse, Justin? Before. About 15 years ago. About 15 years ago, Justin was that same teenager that I just described to you. He was kind of reaching out for a last hope type situation. Yeah, he was suicidal too. sat right over there, a little bit further forward than he is right now. And when he heard what Jesus had done for him, he'd heard about Jesus his whole life, but he'd never really got the message of what the Lord did for him. He he put his trust in Christ one day, sitting right over there. Not just, to, yeah, well, I trust Jesus. He's there. I know he's there. I, I, no, he trusted him to do what Jesus came to do, and that was to save him from his sin. And the Lord Jesus Christ paid for his ticket to heaven in full, and he gave him that salvation for all of eternity but all of that, all of that condition that made life not even worth continuing if you had to just stay that way. That's why teenagers can, can, they consider suicide. They th- they think they're going to have to stay this way, and there's nothing they can do about it. And you're right. There's nothing you can do about it, but Jesus can. And he did that for Justin. Some of the changes were immediate. Many of them were immediate. But some are still going on. Still happening. He's got a future. Yeah, a home in heaven. We know that. But that's not all. He's got a future here of a profitable servant of God with all of the joy and all of the rewards and all of the satisfaction and fulfillment that comes with it. All because of what? All because of Jesus. He's the reason, and you're the reason, that we never stop talking about getting saved. I know you may get sick and tired of hearing it. I'm glad there's some that don't. Listen to me as I wrap this up. We may even quit early today. Don't count on it. It may happen. It could happen. When you get sick and tired of your dead, unrighteous, weak, blind, ignorant, evil, guilty, lost, condemned self, And that wasn't the entire list that I could have read from the scriptures. When you've had enough, come and ask me or Justin about those Bible classes you keep hearing about. And I will teach you how to let Jesus change all of that for you. All of it. It doesn't matter if you're a teenager or just becoming one or older than dirt. Jesus, if you're still if you're still sucking air, Jesus can save you from your sin. And he will do it. He even saves old people, doesn't he, Eva? Yes he does. (laughs) Yes, he does. Yeah, we do preach about other important things too. We do. So keep coming back and sooner or later you're going to hear something else. But somebody here needs to hear this today. That's why we're still preaching it. Everything Jesus said he can do, he can do. And he's willing and able to do it for you.